Section 1 of History of Henry IV, King of France and Navarre. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 1 Childhood and Youth, Part 1. About 400 years ago, there was a small kingdom spreading over the cliffs and ravines of the eastern extremity of the Pyrenees called Navarre. Its population of about 500,000 consisted of a very simple, frugal, and industrious people. Those who lived upon the shore, washed by the stormy waves of the Bay of Biscay, gratified their love of excitement and of adventure by braving the perils of the sea those who lived in the solitude of the interior on the sunny slopes of the mountains or by the streams which meandered through the verdant valleys fed their flocks and harvested their grain and pressed rich wine from the grapes of their vineyards in the enjoyment of the most pleasant duties of rural life proud of their independence they were ever ready to grasp arms to repel foreign aggression the throne of this kingdom was at the time of which we speak occupied by catherine de foix she was a widow and all her hopes and affections were centred in her son henry an ardent and impetuous boy six or seven years of age who was to receive the crown when it should fall from her brow and transmit to posterity their ancestral honours ferdinand of aragon had just married isabella of castile and had thus united those two populous and wealthy kingdoms and now in the arrogance of power seized with the pride of annexation he began to look with a wistful eye upon the picturesque kingdom of navarre its comparative feebleness under the reign of a bereaved woman weary of the world invited to the enterprise should he grasp at the whole territory of the little realm france might interpose her powerful remonstrance should he take but the half which was spread out upon the southern declivity of the pyrenees it would be virtually saying to the french monarch the rest i courteously leave to you the armies of spain were soon sweeping resistlessly through these sunny valleys and one half of her empire was ruthlessly torn from the queen of navarre and transferred to the dominion of imperious castile and aragon catherine retired with her child to the colder and more uncongenial regions of the northern declivity of the mountains her bosom glowed with mortification and rage in view of her hopeless defeat as she sat down gloomily in the small portion which remained to her of her dismembered empire she endeavoured to foster in the heart of her son the spirit of revenge and to inspire him with the resolution to regain those lost leagues of territory which had been wrested from the inheritance of his fathers henry imbibed his mother's spirit and chafed and fretted under wrongs for which he could obtain no redress ferdinand and isabella could not be annoyed even by any force which feeble navarre could raise queen catherine however brooded deeply over her wrongs and laid plans for retributions of revenge the execution of which she knew must be deferred till long after her body should be mouldered to dust in the grave she courted the most intimate alliance with francis i king of france she contemplated the merging of her own little kingdom into that powerful monarchy that the infant navarre having grown into the giant france might crush the spanish tyrants into humiliation 
nerved by this determined spirit of revenge and inspired by a mother's ambition she intrigued to wed her son to the heiress of the french throne that even in the world of spirits she might be cheered by seeing henry leading the armies of france the terrible avenger of her wrongs these hopes invigorated her until the fitful dream of her joyless life was terminated and her restless spirit sank into the repose of the grave she lived however to see her plans apparently in progress toward their most successful fulfilment henry her son was married to margaret the favourite sister of the king of france their nuptials were blessed with but one child jeanne d'albret this child in whose destiny such ambitious hopes were centred bloomed into most marvellous beauty and became also as conspicuous for her mental endowments as for her personal charms she had hardly emerged from the period of childhood when she was married to antony of bourbon a near relative of the royal family of france immediately after her marriage she left navarre with her husband to take up her residence in the french metropolis one hope still lived with undying vigour in the bosom of henry it was the hope the intense passion with which his departed mother had inspired him that a grandson would arise from this union who would with the spirit of hannibal avenge the family wrongs upon spain twice henry took a grandson into his arms with the feeling that the great desire of his life was about to be realized and twice with almost a broken heart he saw these hopes blighted as he committed the little ones to the grave summers and winters had now lingered wearily away and henry had become an old man disappointment and care had worn down his frame world-weary and joyless he still clung to hope the tidings that jeanne was again to become a mother rekindled the lustre of his fading eye the aged king sent importunately for his daughter to return without delay to the paternal castle that the child might be born in the kingdom of navarre whose wrongs it was to be his peculiar destiny to avenge it was midwinter the journey was long and the roads rough but the dutiful and energetic jeanne promptly obeyed the wishes of her father and hastened to his court henry could hardly restrain his impatience as he waited week after week for the advent of the long-looked-for avenger with the characteristic superstition of the time he constrained his daughter to promise that at the period of birth during the most painful moments of her trial she would sing a mirthful and triumphant song that her child might possess a sanguine joyous and energetic spirit henry entertained not a doubt that the child would prove a boy commissioned by providence as the avenger of navarre the old king received the child at the moment of its birth into his own arms totally regardless of a mother's rights and exultingly enveloping it in soft folds bore it off as his own property to his private apartment he rubbed the lips of the plump little boy with garlic and then taking a golden goblet of generous wine the rough and royal nurse forced the beverage he loved so well down the untainted throat of his newborn heir a little good old wine said the doting grandfather will make the boy vigorous and brave we may remark in passing that it was wine rich and pure not that mixture of all abominations whose very vintage is in cellars sunless damp and fetid where guilty men fabricate poisons for a nation this little stranger received the ancestral name of henry by his subsequent exploits he filled the world with his renown 
he was the first of the bourbon line who ascended the throne of france and he swayed the sceptre of energetic rule over that widespread realm with a degree of power and grandeur which none of his descendants have ever rivalled the name of henry the fourth is one of the most illustrious in the annals of france the story of his struggles for the attainment of the throne of charlemagne is full of interest his birth to which we have just alluded occurred at par in the kingdom of navarre in the year fifteen fifty three his grandfather immediately assumed the direction of everything relating to the child apparently without the slightest consciousness that either the father or the mother of henry had any prior claims the king possessed among the wild and romantic fastnesses of the mountains a strong old castle as rugged and frowning as the eternal granite upon which its foundations were laid gloomy evergreens clung to the hillsides a mountain stream often swollen to an impetuous torrent by the autumnal rains and the spring thaws swept through the little verdant lawn which smiled among the stern sublimities surrounding this venerable and moss-covered fortress around the solitary towers the eagles wheeled and screamed in harmony with the gales and storms which often swept through these wild regions the expanse around was sparsely settled by a few hardy peasants who by feeding their herds and cultivating little patches of soil among the crags obtained a humble living and by exercise in the pure mountain air acquired a vigour and an athletic hardihood of frame which had given them much celebrity to the storm-battered castle of curas thus lowering in congenial gloom among these rocks the old king sent the infant henry to be nurtured as a peasant boy that by frugal fare and exposure to hardship he might acquire a peasant's robust frame he resolved that no french delicacies should enfeeble the constitution of this noble child bareheaded and barefooted the young prince as yet hardly emerging from infancy rolled upon the grass played with the poultry and the dogs and the sturdy young mountaineers and plunged into the brook or paddled in the pools of water with which the mountain showers then filled the courtyard his hair was bleached and his cheeks bronzed by the sun and wind few would have imagined that the unattractive child with his unshorn locks and his studiously neglected garb was the descendant of a long line of kings and was destined to eclipse them all by the grandeur of his name as years glided along he advanced to energetic boyhood the constant companion and in all his sports and modes of life the equal of the peasant boys by whom he was surrounded he hardly wore a better dress than they he was nourished with the same coarse fare with them he climbed the mountains and leaped the streams and swung upon the trees he struggled with his youthful competitors in all their athletic games running wrestling pitching the quoit and tossing the bar this active outdoor exercise gave a relish to the coarse food of the peasants consisting of brown bread beef cheese and garlic his grandfather had decided that this regimen was essential for the education of a prince who was to humble the proud monarchy of spain and regain the territory which had been so unjustly wrested from his ancestors when henry was about six years of age his grandfather by gradual decay sank sorrowingly into his grave consequently his mother jeanne d'albret ascended the throne of navarre her husband antony of bourbon was a rough fearless old soldier with nothing to distinguish him from the multitude who did but live fight and die 
jeanne and her husband were in paris at the time of the death of her father they immediately hastened to bearn the capital of navarre to take possession of the dominions which had thus descended to them the little henry was then brought from his wild mountain home to reside with his mother in the royal palace though navarre was but a feeble kingdom the grandeur of its court was said to have been unsurpassed at that time by that of any other in europe the intellectual education of henry had been almost entirely neglected but the hardihood of his body had given such vigour and energy to his mind that he was now prepared to distance in intellectual pursuits with perfect ease those whose infantile brains had been overtasked with study henry remained in bearn with his parents two years and in that time engrafted many courtly graces upon the free and fetterless carriage he had acquired among the mountains his mind expanded with remarkable rapidity and he became one of the most beautiful and engaging of children End of section one.